This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. You already know what you're listening to. You're a hardcore, dedicated listener, and we love it. We appreciate it more than you guys know. Thank you for hitting that play button. Here we go. This is the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. In case you didn't know, we talk about harvesting deer. Killing deer. Killing deer. And if we, Cody, if you want your, if you shoot a nice one and you want that memory to last a lifetime, where are you going to take it? The best around. Ingram's outdoor obsession. Take him to Rack City and back. Right on. He's doing some killer shoulder mounts. Yeah. Got some turkey fans rocking. I'm going to take one up them. I don't know about you, but I'm going to take one. I'm going to take one. Hopefully, I'm going to take two. Oh, double tagging. I could take three if the wife gets lucky. Luckily, turkey season's coming up. What what kind of call are you going to use to bring in the walking paintbrush? Oh, I'm going to take that ECW custom whitetail legacy call out there, boy. He, He killed it on those. Tell you what. Well, they're out in the truck, man. We were used, we were practicing with them so much, we didn't even bring them in here. No, right? Right? Yeah. So, when you do get that bird in the range, what are you going to shoot it with? Uh, probably with the Vettered, the best broadhead on the market. Uh, it's red, white, and blue. I mean, you cannot... If you send a red, white, and blue meat missile into a turkey, it dying. Man, dude. <laughs> I'm fired up for turkey season. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for a little... <laughs> that it's you know the wet the weather right now is just jacked up like it can't decide what it wants to do winter's just lagging around spring's not ready to go yet i looked at the extended forecast it changed a little bit it's supposed to be 60s next week with rain though but still i get the birds fired up i mean there's just nothing really better than sitting there sun's just coming up on a bluebird day, because, you know, I'm all about that. Bluebird day, nice orange haze coming in the cornfield, and then you just hear, like, three birds just popping off. Mm-hmm. 
man. Yeah. We're like two weeks away. I know. I'm going to be cutting hard on them. Be the last call they ever hear. That old ECW glass call, baby. It will be the last call. I plan on shooting one with about an inch and a half spurs, about 11-inch beard. This is a game plan. <laughs> it's <laughs> probably not a bad up, Probably end up with a Jake, but hey, meets meat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we've just been kind of shooting off the cuff here, um, re- really shouting him out. Uh, Ingram took uh, took Ghost to him, dear I talked about last episode. I uh, dropped him off, and he said he's going to have him done in about two weeks. I thought that was pretty impressive. <laughs> we just kidding with you, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> he just, like, his mouth hung open for, like, three seconds. He was like, what? <laughs> he's like, what did he just say? He's trying to rewind it right now. <laughs> no, Chris, uh, he's going to kill it. I'm um, doing uh, offset shoulder, semi-sneak, sweep, head up, turn to right. Yeah, it looks sick. I, we scrolled through the book a while, and I was like, that one looks legit. I ain't seen one like that, really. I don't know. Yeah, sweet. I, I kind of, my other Bobuck, I kind of got uh, set up like that, but he doesn't have the head up. His head's just more in a neutral position, and... Head it, up, it, it looks like a full sneak head. Yeah, yeah. With a semi-sneak body. It's pretty r- sweet. Right, right. It's... It's going to look awesome, and I think it really plays right into the way Chris likes to mount deer because that mount really has a lot of detail, and he loves the yeah. detail. Yeah. It, I mean, I'm fired up to get a, a deer mount back that has a tanned hide. Yeah. Because them tanned hides, man, they baller. Let's get right into ECW, man. We just picked up our calls today. We're going to be doing the giveaway here soon when we get it out there on the the main web and uh, um, it's it's I can't say enough about those calls, man. We've been playing with them all day. They're handmade by a veteran, custom to to him. You know, I mean, it's every call. We tried all four calls, and they all sound a little bit different, which I thought was super cool. Yeah, um, I know the sweet spot on my call is right on the drop time. Right of on the, the logo. drop time of the yeah. logo. It's yeah. it's perfect. Heck yeah. And let's uh, we'll get right into the veteran then. Um, he is a he is a full VIP sponsor of this podcast now. Um, we can't say enough about you, Matt. And uh, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Do you, yeah. Do you, do you got it wrote down? Yeah, we got that wrote okay. down. Sorry All about right. that weird pause. Ryan yeah. should have just asked me a question. But I probably should have wrote it down. <laughs> I can't read. <laughs> So, uh, go ahead. Hit him with some veteran talk, man, while I find this. Oh, yeah. Veteran, he's come on board. We're super pumped up about that. He's uh, all-American made. American steel. A lot of people want to say that they use American steel. And he he was talking to Cody and talking about uh, cutting diameter. Is, is that? Yeah, cutting diameter and not. Cutting, cutting, actual cutting length and not cutting diameter. I mean, the guy's a rocket scientist is what we're getting at. Yeah, he's going to come on and do some podcasts with us, and that's going to be a super note taker because the guy is so knowledgeable about the engineering of what it takes to kill. It's it's awesome, you know. I mean, if you after that episode, if you don't go out and buy a pack of veteran broadheads, I don't know 
what's going to make you go buy a package. Yeah, I have no just idea. Just try it out. I mean, it's worth it's worth the money to just try it out. Yeah. We're going to get right into our VIP veteran broadhead shout out. Shout him out. And it's Blaine McKinney. This is a buddy of mine. Uh, super cool guy. He's bought me a couple beers at the bar because his, his diesel gelled up this winter. Oh. <laughs> and uh, I sat there and I, sh- I called the boss. I said, I'm going to be a couple minutes late. I got a buddy here. His diesel truck's gelled up. It's like negative 18 out. But he did eight years Army Reserve, six active reserve, and two inactive. Started in Fort Leonard, went to Gulfport, Mississippi, specialized in carpet masonry. Went to Middletown, Iowa, Wisconsin, then went to Kuwait to further his training. Then went to Iraq, and let's see, back to Kuwait. Man, this guy's been all over. Right, he's doing a lot. Went to combat, a combat engineer, and 20-plus jobs in the time that he served. So he bounced around, he learned a ton. Guy's a guy's awesome, and he was in the Iraq operation against ISIS. So we can't say enough about Blaine. We appreciate your service, man, and we're going to get right into this episode. What are we talking about in this episode? We're going to talk about them freaking sheds, man. Woo! <laughs> so the the big deer that I hint on this, on this episode, or a lot of episodes, <laughs> my buddy took uh, a kid out youth season, and he was going to go roost some birds, and he ended up finding my sheds. Or not my sheds, but the, the sheds that... And, uh, that I was the buck that I was hunting last year, and uh, he broke a bunch of stuff off, but I ended up scoring him. He's 162 inches, and I'm low ball. That's with a 16 inch spread. I'm low ball guessing that he had 12 to 15 inches broke off. So he was well, in the 170s, like I was thinking. I can tell you his spread's more like 19. Yeah, too. yeah. He's he's got a nice. I got uh, eight trail cam pictures of him through all, all throughout the year, summer, during the rut, after the rut. Um, the sheds were found a hundred yards from one of my stands. So he's still in the area. Um, I got pictures of him December 4th was the last one. So I was kind of, and then he was, I think he's been spending some time on the other side of the property where I ain't got no cameras running. So that's where the sheds were found. When, when was that first picture you got him? Like August 4th or something? Yeah, it was pretty early. I mean, he yeah. was done growing, but it was still, still velvet. Yeah. I mean, he's a giant to begin with, but he looked yeah, massive. He, he looked huge. huge. Then he, he broke off like five or six inches of that inside kicker on the left side, and then he broke off the other right side inside kicker and a split brow and his G4. All right. What are you naming this deer? Mr. Freeze. Why? I'm, I'm naming another deer because Ryan likes to name deer. I do. I love naming but deer. It's fun. I love I, it. Uh, I spent a lot. After I shot my buck in o- October 15th, I had one other buck in mind that I would probably shoot. And then I almost shot one during shotgun season, but I ended up passing on them. And this one was always in the back of my mind. Is this the one that you were talking about, thinking about shooting? If if he no, this is that eleven pointer that I seen okay. during shotgun okay. season. He's, but, he's got deer everywhere. But anyways, this the big one. You know, I knew I knew I got a picture of him November twenty seventh, and I knew that he'd broke a lot off, and that he'd lost probably ten inches or so. So, but I was still after him because I had all the history with him, I had the trail cam pics, you know, and. And now I'm really after him because I got, you know, I let Nick keep the sheds, but uh, he, I mean, he found them, so, but I got to hold them, you know, 
but I don't care if I find them on my, if someone finds them on my lease or whatever, if you find them, they're yours. I just want to hold them. And I said, if I shoot that deer, I want to at least get some pictures with those sheds, you know? And he's like, well, you can have them if you shoot them. So that's the goal. Shoot them, then get the sheds. And, uh, the reason I'm naming it Mr. Free is because there was multiple days. We had a cold season this year from end of November all through December was freezing cold. A lot of snow shotgun season was terrible that it was terrible and i was out bow hunting during late doe season when it was miserable i hunted i hunted the last day of season for this buck you know i was down to the last hour of shooting light you can trying to shoot this buck and my toes froze so i'm calling him mr freeze because i've froze out in that stand a hundred times for this freaking deer (laughs) you know what i mean that's Feels cool. like a hundred times, but yeah, that's cool, man. Um, that's super, super cool of Nick to say, "Hey, if you get him down, you know these sheds are yours." Yeah, because I mean, it's a hell of a find. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a hell of a match set. And just, it was, I mean, do you want to go into like his shed hunt? Like, you know, it's just right off the gate. Oh yeah, yeah. He he went back there, gonna roost some birds. He's like, "Well, I might as well look for some sheds too." And he's about a hundred yards from one of his house because his house is right back to my lease, and uh, he found one side. And he's like, oh, you know, holy shit, big shed, you know. And then he turned around and said 10 foot, 10 foot away was the other side. Unbelievable. And dude. then he found a two-and-a-half-year-old shed with some trash. And then he found a, a yearling shed all, like, within 30 minutes. I'm like, well, today I just walked, like, three miles, <laughs> zip, nothing. <laughs> so, I mean, that's shed hunting for you. You hit the right spot where some bucks are maybe grouped up. or, But you know what I did do? I went back to the bedding area where I shot my buck that came out of this year three big beds in there with with hair in them so there's something else that's moved in there and is bedding in that area so hopefully it's a big deer it's it got big deer bedding wrote all over it but i know there's definitely a buck because there's fresh fresh uh, tree rubs there definitely a buck bedding back in there so that stand might work out double with it with the same idea i had this year since another buck moved in it might work out again so and i'd like to just be be a deer and like you know when a deer gets gets out of an area and then you know you can move in or say say the opposite you know a deer moves in and kind of runs off like uh i think kick six ran off heidi tidy this year moved him over from one part of the woods to the other and uh you know cliff ended up taking him because i mean i, I had a couple of pictures of heidi tidy but kick six was more regular and then, you know, here comes Heidi Tidy right up out of the middle and, you know, Cliff, Cliff takes him. So, yeah, I just, that you know, just the, the structure and, you know, something like that, man, I think that's pretty interesting. Yeah, it is. I, I'm, I'm super excited about next year because I have the potential to chase, even if he's 170 again, it's still, it's a 170. Yeah, if you don't grow, I mean, it's still. If you grow, you know, he, uh, homeboy grew 38 inches, you know, so if he grows 10 inches, I mean. 20 inch i mean we're talking world-class whitetail for me i mean in it and to get it off my small piece and the best part about it is i know he's there and i know that he spent early season there the rut there late season there and then wintered on the south side so he never left that area so he's a homebody buck and if you know, every time you watch Jury Outdoors, said they say the older a buck gets, the more daylight walk he gets. So I'm hoping that happens. The yeah. more daylight, 
active they become and uh, their core area shrinks even more. So now that I mean, he's been he's been pretty close to your piece, you know. Yeah, well, I think hopefully he, he just stays on your piece and yeah, that's it. <laughs> I don't think he's more than five and a half just by his body. I think he's four and a half, but just toting that big of a rack with that much. I mean, he had 44 inches of mass measurements. Yeah, he's at least four and a half for sure. Uh, five and a half, I would say five and a half. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good guess there. So, I mean, hopefully he's got one more good year. Dude, that um, velvet picture of him is yeah. just sweet. But he's, uh, it depends on what the neighboring farmer does on how he hunts them because he likes beans because that's where I got pictures of him during the summer and early, in early season. Right. And then he rutted up there, but all bucks rut up there. But if they plant beans on the south, you better believe my butt would be in one of those south stands early season. If I get, you know, because that's that's the only stand I got on my property that I can hunt with a south wind. What what was that south field this year? Corn. The, the, it was corn. Okay, yeah, so but, but sometimes he goes corn on corn. corn he's on a corn. hog. He's a hog raiser, and he, all the corn he grows, he feeds right to the hogs. Okay. So the only time he plants beans is to get that nutrients saying, back in the soil. And you've only had your piece for three years. Yeah, three. Yeah, three. Okay, so I mean, it's not like you've got yeah, ten years yeah, where he's at. Okay, yeah, corn beans, corn beans. Well, I know he went every third year. He goes corn, corn, or something. I know he went corn, 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 and this is the first year he went beans. Oh on man, the, on the two little fields though. Right. Right. So. But you, you just don't know what that big field's going to be. Well, the first year that you had the lease, it was beans. Oh, was it? Th- that guy got that big picture of that really big buck right there on the place next door that neighbors with your lease. Okay. I yeah. remember you showing it to me on the cell phone because 200 yards away and you could still tell this dude. Oh, giant. it was beans. Yeah, that was, it was beans. That was the backfield. Yeah. So that was corn this year. So you're thinking beans, so corn, beans? Like back he's going back, back and forth? He might, yeah, he might go back. He might go back to beans. Unless so. you're putting hydrous in the ground, you're not getting your nutrients. Back. Yeah, Dallas is in studio. That's Dallas. If you're wondering, <laughs> he's in here. We gave him mic. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys can't tell, we are already jacked up about deer season. And the best thing about shed season is you can scout just about everything and anything. Yeah, you can go back through and say, "Well, this would be a good place to put trail cameras this upcoming year." Yeah, me and Dallas, we went shed hunting on state ground today. But I was like, you know, kind kind of getting some second opinions. I'm like, check out this tree. You know, this is what I, in my mind from the last year's hunting out here, what I think the deer is going to do. Here's three or four ground scrapes, couple tree scrapes where I think they're moving in. I think they're coming from this way, bedding and working towards the field, you know, and Dallas is just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's cool just to kind of get a different idea because he's like, because I was going to walk in one way and Dallas is like, well, what if you did this? I was like, you know what, that's probably better, probably better, you know. Because I'm thinking, like, quick, easy, get in there. But he's trying to think, right. you know, a little bit slower where you're away from where I think they're probably bedding at. Yeah, like, it's, you know, you're so entrenched in, into your piece and how y- you think everything works. And then Dallas has a little less information to go off of, so he's got a little different opinion, you know. And then it, you might it might put a little piece of the puzzle together that you yeah. haven't connected yet. Yeah, Keys to having buddies with deer hunting is you communicate yeah right on that's like i was talking to justin number one podcast fan he said two eyes are better than one you know and i sent him he sent me a piece you say two eyes or two wives two eyes two Two eyes eyes are better yeah he sent me a picture of his piece and then i gave him some ideas and he was like you know what i never thought of that and i was like well that's how i would do it but you don't have to do it that way you know but he was wondering why he would you know there'd be deer there and then there wasn't and i said well you know, send me a picture of your piece. And he's like, okay, I'll send you some pictures. And he kind of gave me what the wind direction was and the access. And uh, 
I'm not a professional by any means. I just know how I hunt, which is probably wrong, but I kill deer at it, so I just keep doing the same thing. But uh, <laughs> he, uh, I was like, what if you do this? He's like, you know what? I'll probably try that. And I said, well, if you're going to try that, you might as well hang your camera here because then if you're walking to your stand or if you're going to pull a, a camera, pick you pull your pictures, this is the perfect entrance. You're never going to get busted. He's like, yeah. It's a little bit out of my way, but if I do that, I think I'll be a lot better. Dude, I really love pulling cards on the way to the stand. Like, I don't understand why somebody would hang a camera to where they can't even hunt the deer that are on the camera. Like, a deer has no schedule. It doesn't have to go down the highway like we have to in a car. I mean, it can just go right off in the ditch in a cornfield. It don't have to go anywhere other than where it wants to go. So... You know, hang your hang your camera. I would say within sixty yards of your stand. Yeah, a lot of on people, the on the main trail. You a lot know? of people like to put them on like field edges so they're easy to get to. But I think you should have one by your stand because then there's nothing that will keep you in the stand longer than when you pull up your freaking pictures and you're scrolling. And it's like me. I'm like scroll, 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 scroll back. Oh nope, nope. Scroll, scroll, scroll back. Scroll, nope. Scroll, and then you get it, and you're like, oh yeah, baby, dude. That's exactly what I'm doing. Yeah, you exactly. Get, you get that big buck. You're like, okay, yeah, I can set till I can set all day. I I plan on. I didn't pack any food. But I'm gonna set all day. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So Somebody I, run me a Snickers real yeah, quick. Yeah. Someone run me out a Snickers bar. <laughs> when they get drones hooked up, my my wife, you know, send me a pack lunch out with a drone. That'd be. <laughs> <laughs> if you go hunting with Cody and you pack a lunch, it's an all-day event. Let me tell you. You're, you're sitting from sunrise. Well, you're going to be in the stand even before the sun comes up by about a half an hour. <laughs> then you're going to go to the truck about noon and eat lunch for about 30 minutes, and then he's rushing you straight back to the stand to set until dark. That's early season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. On state ground because you never know what happens. During the rut, I'm a, I probably did between 10 to 15 all-day sets. This year. Yeah, you're you're always doing all day, man. I yeah. mean, I'm people not... are like, "How you do it?" I'm like, "Get a good ass stand, comfortable ass clothing where you're not cold. Pack plenty of food. When I say plenty of food, you pack enough because I've done it where you're like, ah, oh, that's a normal lunch, and then I eat it by nine o'clock. Yeah, I was no. gonna say yeah. by nine thirty, your your food is gone yeah. for the day, and you're you're sitting there, you know, and now you're depressed. You're yeah, just like shit. Is, is you just you know what's there, so you want to eat it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're bored. You have nothing to do. It's past you know prime time, morning time. Yeah, I, I like, eat right. enough. I take enough beef jerky to feed like four people. <laughs> I'm bringing food out of the woods, you know. By about ten o'clock, you know it's gonna be dead for a couple hours. There ain't gonna be <laughs> right. much movement going on, and then. Two o'clock, you're entertained again, but within that time period, you're ready to chew the bark off the tree. So. <laughs> You'll only make that mistake once. Yeah, yeah. And I, not I'm not taking enough. Food. I'm a big fan of quiet food. Have you ever tried to eat an apple in the timber? An apple seems quiet, but if it's dead quiet and you eat that thing, you're like, man, I hope I sound like a squirrel up here. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you, if you threw that core on the ground, would that be baiting? That probably probably would be. I don't know. I don't know. I always put it in a baggie and put it right back in my backpack. <laughs> Scouts on her. <laughs> yeah. I uh I had I had a one really good all day set planned this year and uh I was like I was gonna do some crazy stuff. Like the wind was gonna switch. It was gonna be perfect and then it was gonna switch like eleven, eleven thirty. I was I packed a climber in, set at the base of my stand, climbed up, got set up, got the camera arm set up. And uh, had an awesome morning, and I was like, oh, yeah, it's going to be a good day. 
had like 12 does and a couple bucks all go into the same place, hop the fence the same spot. And the, that was the 11 pointer. That was a little bit, I thought a little bit too far to shoot. So I was like, I'll get down when the wind switches. I'm going to take my climber across the creek on the opposite ridge and hang it for a south wind. And I'll be money. If they come back to these fields, then I'll, I'll have everything set up right there. About 1130, get a call. Wife's mom blew a tire. <laughs> I was like, oh man. They're like, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll call, we'll call the, what are the, what are the people that come out, AAA. you know? Yeah. Triple A or whatever. And, <laughs> Then they called me back about 45 minutes. Yeah, they said it's going to be two and a half hours. And I was like, I'm coming. <laughs> so I climbed down and I got out of there. And the that climber stand is still sitting at the base of that tree because <laughs> I'm so pissed. Was that the one we walked by? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. I remember seeing that. Yeah, I, w- I walked past that rub today again. I was like, oh, oh man. Oh, d- yeah. you should have taken a picture because I'm not sure anybody on here is going to believe you. But oh, yeah. that thing is giant. You learn about August, mid-August with Cody when it comes time to start hanging stands. It's like all-day events. Yeah. Like, you're out there sweating your butt off. He's all about it. He's dragging you through the woods. You're carrying stands. You're going all the way to the property line. It's 95 degrees with 100% humidity. Yeah, if Walking I'm, through if beans I'm, that are yeah. waist high. If I'm on state ground, we're going deep. And we're going <laughs> way in there where I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a pinch. Right off, you know, right next to some private that's going to be calm down, cool. And they're going to be going to this bean field, and we're going to catch them. And it, it works 0.8 times <laughs> I think out I've of only every waved, time. I think I've only waved at two guys on stands that Cody set up in the state ground. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. Works 8% of the time every time. <laughs> this is an awesome episode. We're just I was talking saying, about man, We're just nothing. rolling here. Yeah. Um, can, can I take a timeout from the deer talk and get on the beer talk? Yeah. I believe it's been at least over eight episodes since we brought up anything beer-related. And the last thing that I believe was said on this podcast about anything beer-related was I cracked an Old Milwaukee. Yeah. Old Milwaukee red can. Yeah. And then after that, it's just nobody has said anything (laughs) else. So since that moment, I've had probably, we'll just put it as 10 keystones, and then I've been on the Bush Light Wagon. Yeah. Now Cody's got this uh, Samuel Adams seventy six in a can with a with a fat lip, big lip. Whatever I've never even seen a can like this. It it cracks good. Yeah, Yeah, we're not sponsored by him, but we think we are. (laughs) (laughs) That's for trolls out there that said you're not sponsored. Oh yeah, we had some troll action just like we called on the last one. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. Yeah. Had some troll action, but we love it. Yeah. It's part of it. Bring it. If if you want to troll us, go ahead. I'm setting up the the spring turkey hunt right now for the youth as we speak. Right on. Yeah. So, um, you're gonna you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to use your camera on or your oh. uh, your tripod. Okay, sounds good. We're gonna try to film it. It's gonna be rookie as shit, but we're gonna get her done. Well, I, I'm gonna have to figure out something for me. On my tripod situation. Oh, what happened to your tripod? Well, so we, I thought I was in the good because we had Aiden's one year birthday party. Why put the camera on this tripod? I'm like, all right, you know. And then last, uh, last fall, Cody and I decided to start filming. So I'm like, okay, yeah, you know, I'll use this camera and whatever. And then we're going to film spring turkey hunting. I'm like, uh, well, we're not going to be able to put it on a tree, obviously. 
if I got the wife, we're going to be in a blind. So like, oh yeah, I got that tripod that we had for Aiden's birthday party. Just knock it out right there. I've said, well, I'll get her set up on the gun. Me filming it, be killer. So I texted her today because you asked, you know, hey, can I use your tripod? It's my sister's. Oh. Yeah. Threw a little curveball on me. Tell her to hook you up. I know. So she, she'll let me use it, but it was just short notice. Yeah. Sister's supposed to come on this podcast, too. She is. We got to oh. get that set up soon. Yeah, we got to get it set up before you start popping babies. Yeah. We got two pregnant ladies in here. <laughs> Studio is going to be the realest it's ever been at that point. Well, at least they won't comment on our live videos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell them, telling us to come home. Yeah. <laughs> so, let's get in some turkey talk. It's yeah. turkey season almost. I know that that was the the main point of this podcast. Yeah, we just went twenty six minutes. Yeah, twenty six minutes. And... So, what's your guys' favorite way to call on a turkey? Then you, you like to you know take your hat, flap it on the ground, make it sound real good. I mouth diaphragm. <laughs> mouth mouth calling I literally just got it figured out last year yeah it took me two years I don't know why but like I was just like pushing air through my tongue not like through my throat mm-hmm. and what I don't know why I couldn't figure it out and it, it comes with the DVD but I'm a man so <laughs> I'm, not I'm watching like, that I'm, damn I'm like DVD. the hell with the instructions you know yeah. and then it, I don't even I think it might have even been by accident I, I just come across I was like well I'll try that and then boom you know I'm I'm calling turkeys in my house, but I will say we got them calls from ECW today, and you know Cody and I we were just burp, 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 for what forty minutes in the truck. Yeah, we just we just hanging out, hitting turkey calls, you know, and and then waiting on trains. When you get when you get them calls outside. I mean, how many times did we say, dude, the volume on this is just insane? Yeah. those That port thing system that he's got, those six ports. <sighs> yeah. Dig it. We're going to get some pics out on those so you guys can see them. He, he crushed that engraving, too. Nailed it. Yeah. That's sweet. So, yeah, back to back to what you were saying, Dallas, uh, with the mouth call. I've got an old raspy hen from HS Strut, and I've got a double D reed also from HS Strut. Uh, I like I like the old raspy hen a little better. They're both they're both about the same, but I mean obviously the the raspy hen's a little deeper. Got that boss hen running around strutting, you know. Not not to make this sound bad or anything, but with the, the mouth diaphragm, it's just all about how you flick the tongue. Not, I mean, not to make it sound better. <laughs> That's why but, he's on this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got the same mouth call. I I've I. Got it in my turkey pouch in the case. I could break it out. She's rough, boys. Yeah, I mean, I've but, called turkeys in with uh, box call, yeah. slate call, and then, you know, I just got the mouth call figured out. And I'm waiting for that situation where that bird, you know, 25 yards away, I'm raw dogging. Yeah. And I just got to hit him with a couple yelps on the, on the old double D. Yeah, I got like probably six kills on that mouth call. It's rough. I, I, one trick that I'll put out there to you that helps me a lot is if you have a mouth call, uh, I cut almost every one of them myself. So, like, if they don't fit my mouth right or they're a little bit too big, I cut it. And don't take a lot off. Just take a little bit, test it, take a little bit, test it. But mine's mine's cut a lot because I, I feel like I can it fits in my mouth better. when I, But I have a sonic dome that I really don't like. But I bought it, so it's in there. It's got really good volume, but it's a little bit too high for me. 
and then I got a raspy hen. Uh, couldn't tell you the brand. It's orange, and it's I've chewed on it too much during, <laughs> during turkey season. You know, when you're calling, you put yeah. it on the side of your mouth, right. and you're like talking to your buddy, you know, and then nothing's happening, so you're just you're just walling yeah, it around. Just walling around. It around. <laughs> Everybody does it, you know. He, he's, he's where I picked up my turkey calling from down in our Missouri days. Yeah, and he's dang good with the mouth diaphragm. Yeah, we can crush him in Missouri. Um, do you do you like your call up front or in the back or middle or how do how do you like your call? I like it. And like the back of the cup in your mouth, that's where I like it. And I put pressure against it with my tongue, and I can I can gobble with it fairly good. I can purr, cut. You know, not I'm not definitely not a professional turkey caller by any <laughs> means, but I can kill birds in Missouri and Illinois with it. Now I don't know them. I've heard a lot of people say them southern birds are a lot harder to kill, but that might be something we. We try one day. I don't know. It'd be yeah, fun to never know. Chase some turkeys. I, I know Florida. Them Osceolas are just insanely tough. That's what I heard. So, uh, Dallas, how do you like your call? I mean, I prefer a mouth diaphragm just because it's hands free and your hands are totally on your gun the whole time. You don't have to try to make any quick movement or anything to get your gun up to shoot a bird or anything. So, like Cody said, you know, you want it to fit it good in your mouth. I've I've picked it up from him where you trim it down just a hair on the sides or something to get it fitted right in the roof of your mouth just right, just for you. It's all about what fits you and what works for you, so. See, I got this weird mouth thing I do. I click my teeth. My wife will, she'll elaborate on it when she comes on. <laughs> I got this weird thing I do, so I have not trimmed mine, and I just kind of, you know, chew on it, and eventually it's going to get so bad, you know, then I'll cut it, and I've still got, you know, the call, you know, yeah. like Cody, I'll, you know, Somebody will have six kills on it. Yeah. Well, the the thing that I love about mouth calls is if you cut it, it's not like your buddy's going to be like, hey, man, can I borrow, <laughs> can right. I borrow that call? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'll be like, it works really good, man. Let me get it. I'm like, yeah, dude. <laughs> no. <laughs> You're not borrowing. No. <laughs> right. No one asked to borrow your mouth call. So that's why I said you could cut that thing up and make it your own. Whether someone else can blow it or not, it don't matter. And the good thing is they're not that expensive. You know, yeah. you can go out to yeah. Walmart. Farm King, Tractor Supply, anywhere and buy a good mouth call for 10, 10 bucks. Yeah. Isn't it crazy that Walmart's starting to sell some hunting stuff? Yeah, it's cool. That's... I like it. I like it. I don't like going there at I don't, all. No, no. Because there's too many people. I, I go to high V and pay the extra prices just to avoid an Aldi, man. I'm an right? Aldi fan. All these, all these is good. All day. <laughs> Where's this episode going? Buy a flat to... of corn. That's why you pack <laughs> the for freezer a buck. full of meat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I got to shout Cody out. He he donated some deer meat for me last week. Uh, as I was telling the story, it goes, I I took it pretty hard, um, and I really wish I did have the meat off of him. And Cody, we were just standing out after it, bullshitting, and before I went home, and Cody said, "Hey man, you want some meat?" And you know, I'm not going to turn down some meat, but yeah. So thank you. You're welcome, wife. Man. Wife and I thank you. Yeah, you deserve it good i love it when i can share i donated like 30 pounds to knights of columbus off that that buck and they made a bunch of chili and they had a wild game feed for you know the guests and it was anything i can do you know because i like shooting deer so i'll shoot a couple of does and then if you shoot a, a big deer you got a lot of meat to oh, eat yeah. in a year you know you shoot a big buck and i eat it all i'm i'm normally down to like the last four or five pounds but this year that buck was so big i still probably got about four 40 pounds of doe and buck meat mix. Well, so I'll go into why I need deer meat because two years ago, 
I took, you know, my deer from, well, shit, that had been like 2015 to the locker and, you know, just a couple mature does and guy never called me. Come pick him up. I mean, the guy's running his shop like out of a reefer trailer, just a nice low-key deal. You know, hey, we're helping you out. You help us out, you know, type deal. Guy never called me to come pick up the meat. So now I went basically almost a whole year until this year when I shot my first bow kill before I had meat again. And I, it, luckily the chop shop it just smoked it because I shot that my rut vacation on Monday, I believe. So they're like, hey, you know, it's going to be done real quick. I just had it all ground up, of course. And uh, it was like two days. They're, they're like, yeah, come get it. So really good job by them. And unfortunately, we already ate all the meat. <laughs> okay, just a question for the meat. Would you rather uh, mix it with beef or pork for your I- hamburger? Um, I haven't mixed a lot of meat, really. I, I've just done it straight up. But I've, I have had some, and if I had to choose, it would be pork. Yeah. Good choice. I would choose the pork, too. Yeah. We it's mix, greasy. We mix our stuff uh, some. My wife likes to make these, like, sliders, and she was putting pork burger in it already. So I was like, what if I just get, like, 30 pounds mixed? And right. she's like... Oh, that's a genius idea. <laughs> so, is them, is them them sliders with the macaroni and cheese and the yeah the with, deer meat with the pork burger? Yeah, it's all it's like a and then I pour buffalo sauce over mine. Ooh, she so, it's, real so it's like a made right, like a buffalo made right. It's like with a deer a lot made more right. cheese. It's a lot more cheese. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it gets pretty good. Yeah. So, getting back to turkey season here, I have the paper that the state of Illinois sends you with your tag and I I mean I'm I'm not going to lie I mean like the last 4 years you know they send it to you when you get any tag whether it be deer turkey whatever it is and I mean you you're just pumped about getting your tag you just take this paper and you just throw it away but it actually goes over you know the license that you need your habitat stamp that you need um, things that are illegal, um, and you know the proper weapons that you can use, and the the correct dates that you you can use them, and the correct seasons are highlighted on here. So, what second season hit me on? Yeah, I was gonna say this is what I was trying to get at before we did the episode of Ghost, and you you kind of threw me off there. Yeah. So, second season Illinois North for 2018 is April 21st and April 26th. It's coming up. Man, that's, it's Saturday. She's screaming. Saturday. Saturday. Wow. I'm ready. So then it lists all the counties that are in the north north zone, and then uh, it has the south zone counties on the other half of the page. I just want to do a little quick shout-out out there. So I see all these guys with, like, the Dave Smith decoys and stuff, which are killer, okay? They're absolutely they're baller. But You better be baller to be able to buy it. Yeah, I, that's what I'm getting to. My... My hen turkey decoy has six zip ties on her, and I'm still crushing birds. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've had that hen decoy yeah, since it, high school. I've had it forever. That's a, I've had it a long time, and I paid decent money for it, but what I've brand? had it from when we were hunting back in high school, so eight years. What what brand? 
he he bought know. this thing from Bass Pro back when he was in high school in Missouri. Yeah, before Bass Pro was cool. And I was yeah. the dumb little cousin that was following him around all the time. And he was teaching me the way to turkey hunt. I had one really kick-ass Tom decoy that had the fan on it when they first came out with the decoys when the fan folded out on your Tom turkeys. So we were hunting with his beat-up decoys and my one good decoy, and we were still killing more birds off his beat-up decoys, and we were my yeah, we would really like we would try the Tom decoy just by itself, and my old weak bearded, it's like the string beard, right? The string bearded Jake, <laughs> and the and that old that old zip tied hen baby, she's 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 putting them down. I but, say I've still got the two the first two hen decoys that my dad got me for Christmas when I started hunting, and uh, I think I've got three uh, BB holes in one nice. one hen. That was for my very first kill on a turkey the damn thing damn thing was pretty close to the decoy and i, I just let her rip and I, I think she got three holes in her well, that takes so, us back to uh just having beat up decoys i think the stakes even broke on the decoy we were shoving sticks in the ground yeah, that's what i was gonna say <laughs> they neither of them have sticks so you gotta like scope the woods for the perfect size <laughs> right, right? stick we didn't even have a blind. We were building stick blind. We were getting out there super early in the morning. Yeah, we would like roost the birds maybe, or we get out there early and building our own little blind up and still getting shut down by birds. But we would make it happen every now and again, yeah. you know. So uh, roosting birds is something that I have not done. Oh really? Uh, I want oh. you to go into maybe a little, little deal about that. I haven't done it. Well, I if you know where they normally roost, what I like to do get get cameled up and get you know get. Don't get close to the roost, but get fairly close where you can hear them fly up. Because you can hear a turkey fly up. And then what I like to do is they're gobble from the roost at night. So you can hit them with a few clucks, or you can hit them with an owl hoot. And I think the owl hoot works better. So uh, I can't – my buddy Nick Brown can hoot pretty good with his mouth, and, and he can get them. But I got just a like a cheap black Primo's where you can like hold one button, right, get higher yeah. tone, whatever, you know. And that's what I use. But – it's so – if you know where they – it's like goose hunting. And if you find that X, if there's any goose hunters listening, you find that X, okay, this is where the birds are going to land by the wind and whatever during goose hunting. It's the same thing with turkeys. Where you hear them fly up onto that roost is probably where they're going to fly down. So if you – and I like to get close. I like to get pretty – and Dallas knows that. When we're set up, we can see the birds in the roost most so of the time. That takes me to how do you feel about using a crow call during the day? Yeah, I like crow crawling during the day. Sometimes it works, sometimes it don't. Um, shot gobbling is a weird thing, and I don't like. I think some people over shot call, but I like to. I like to get an idea where it's at, and then try to get close. And the, what the what I think the key to turkey hunting is is you have to know the land that you're turkey hunting on. So go. if if you're like okay, the turkeys like to strut in this area. Okay, well, that gobble sound like it was there, then you automatically know, okay, that turkey's probably strutting there. You know, you're not 100%, but you have a really good idea. Okay, this is how I can get up there. Or, okay, he's going back to roost. He's flying up. That sounds like this part of the timber, where he's probably roosting in that tree or that he's been roosting. You know, birds have been roosting before. Like my piece that I hunt now, and going all the way back to when me and Dallas used to hunt Missouri, they would roost... <laughs> on a big they would bluff. roost on a big bluff, and we'd have a perfect wide open field. But we they would fly up from the top side of that big bluff. They could fly right down this, right into this big open field, 
hen decoys out there were set up, always they'd fly, fly up. opposite right onto the neighbors all the time, and we would be pissed. And then it would be a all-day deal about trying to get in front of them because we knew where they were going from there. You know, we had an idea, okay, they're going to be strutting here, so we we need to get up, go all the way around to the top part, you know. And one thing I really like to do, turkey hunting, and I've been super successful, is if birds aren't talking, go to an area where you think they're roosting and start glassing. People people don't glass enough. They think it's like a deer hunting thing or something, but turkeys, you can get way back and glass something, and if you see a bird out there, with hens, he's probably not going to go anywhere if he's in a strut zone. He's hung up. Or if he's by himself, he's definitely probably not going to go anywhere. And then, you know, get that get get close to him and then just get that low crawl. That that low crawl. <laughs> he better be army crawl. Hit him with the low crawl. Low crawl. You know, got low a little crawl. twat or what? what, what? <laughs> yout, yout. Yout, yout. Yeah, yout, yout. Not the twat, twat. The twat, twat. <laughs> That's what I call it. <laughs> yeah, hit him with that low crawl, you know. If he's got, he's got six ladies out there, he's doing pretty good for himself, you know. You I can't, I can't wait low, to break his feet. Yeah, you hit him with that low crawl. But no, yeah, you just I like the glass a lot. And um, the the guy that I'm actually going out you season with, um, uh, I took his wife and him down to Missouri because his wife hadn't shot a bird. And uh, we hunted hard. And it, there was frost on the ground, man. It was cold. Birds weren't. They were kind of fired up in the morning, but then they just shut down. And uh, we went to the state ground. We did the, the walk and, and call, the walk and call, you know. Nothing, and this is, and we seen one way over on some private ground, but there's no way, you can't call a turkey through a barbed wire fence. I mean, and there's like three in between me and me and the turkey. So, but uh, yeah, he's only coming over if he wants to. Yeah, but we were we were, it was like, you know, I I can't remember. I'd have to look at the exact times, but I think you have to quit by two there. And uh, <laughs> oh my lord, oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't know if you guys can hear that or not, but right. Dallas just opened the garage door and <laughs> sounded like a tornado. But anyways, I think you have to quit by two down there, and it was getting pretty late in the day. We had about an hour and a half less, and they were inside eating, and I was just glassing, just glassing. And I seen this lone Tom out there strutting. So I haul in ice inside. I'm like, all right, guys, we got to go down this hill. I know where he's going, and I got – I got this guy, my buddy and his wife, like jogging. You know, we're jogging, and we get set up. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do a little bit of calling, and I just, I hit like three, three calls on the mouth call, and that's it. I'm like, we're within 80 yards of him right now, okay? So he's just got a little crest this hill, and and he's gonna be within shooting range. We're just set up perfect. We're right in this little hedge roll, and uh, I'm like, this is gonna be a money setup. Bird, bird doesn't come. For like 10 minutes they're looking at me they're looking at me i'm like he's coming man I, he's coming he was by himself he knows where he right when i did those three calls he gobbled right back and i'm like okay he knows we're here so i'm just gonna let him let him let him lay make him make him think that maybe the hen left or is just chilling over here you know he came out shot him with a 20 gauge 25 yards three birded or three bearded tom Never, I've never shot a three-bearded tom, and I've hunted this farm for since I was a kid. Jeez. Her first turkey sets up three-bearded tom, and I took him up, and showed him to my grandpa, and he was he was pumped because you know he don't he just likes people to be successful, just like me. And he was they they were ecstatic that they had a three-bearded tom on their piece, which I mean I, that might not be rare for a lot of people, but I've never seen it until that day. And it had a it had a ten, 
an eight, and then like a four. Oh, dude! All it, went in a line. Are they? Were they all thick? I no, mean, being that long? the the ten was thick, but the other one were pretty spindly, and it went like ten up top, and then eight, and then four. It was so cool. Three yeah, individual. Sometimes it's weird. Like the bottom one will be the thick one, and then they'll yeah. have like two spindly ones up top. I mean, I don't know how. I think it's cool. It, it had it had real good hooks on it, but man, I've been seeing some Instagram. Facebook pics of some hooks oh, that dude. I didn't even know were possible. I seen a bird just hanging off a tree branch that yeah. somebody shot. And, I mean, it was just hanging off the hooks. It was inch and seven eighths or something, or maybe just over two inches, or two and an eighth or something. It was just insane. Some daggers on them, man. But. And the, I mean, of course, you know they said that they were sharp, which I mean, I think every damn turkey spurs sharp. But all right, we got kind of way off what we started with there. That's what happens when Cody brings out the Samuel 76 on me. <laughs> uh, back to this hunting regulation sheet that the DNR sends you with your tag. A couple highlights that I want to point out. Hunting hours are one half hour before sunrise until 1 p.m. I think, I think, last couple years it, they changed it back to 2 and I, I was kind of surprised when I seen it was back to one, but like I said, I haven't been reading this paper. <laughs> Does it just show up at your house, Ryan, and you just like wad it up, put it in the corner? Or? <laughs> no, it's just it just you pump. You like you just pull out your tag. You just like oh hell yeah, you ready second, to go? Rip. I, got, I got second season. I'm ready to go. You know, you check out your county, and you're like, yep, that's exactly what I applied for. So 1 p.m. on the hunting hours. And it is illegal to shoot a wild turkey while it is in the tree before 7 a.m. Now, what I've been told is... I didn't think you could shoot them in the roost at all. Yeah. Are you reading that right? Yep, yep. It says right there, black and white. Now, what I have heard is you can shoot a turkey one half hour after sunrise if it's still in the roost because that means it's sick. But this here clearly says... While it is in a tree before 7 a.m. So after, at 7.01, if it's in a tree, you can shoot it. Wow, I didn't it has know a that. Beard. I'm learning. That, That's I, an important piece of paper. Exactly. I got one of those inside. Yeah, <laughs> you might. It's still in the envelope. Yeah, I didn't pull it out. Now, if you're Nick Brown, you're going to want to read this weapon number one. A long or recurved compound bow with a minimum pull of 40 pounds at some point within a 28-inch draw. 40 pounds, 28-inch draw. Minimum arrow length. 20 inches. Going to be key for me for season. And a broadhead must be used. Broadheads must be fixed or expandable in at least 7 inch, 7 eighths inch diameter. Not cutting length, diameter. I would say you're yeah. you're you're the you're the one to talk to on that. <laughs> um crossbow hunting. Minimum peak draw weight of 125 pounds. Have a minimum overall length from butt of the stock to the front of the limbs, 24 inches. It also must have a working safety. To be used with bolts or arrows not less than 14 inches in length. That is not including the point. So wherever you cut at the archery wherever shop. Wherever your insert is, is. Yep. One thing I would like to say, though, when I went and looked at those sheds, Nick was shooting his self-bow at about 25 yards. Oh, You wow. know that little black... Like the block target, the little white spot. Yep. It's just smoking them right in that. I'm like... At 25 yards? Yeah. I was like, okay, I'm done. 
I'm getting a <laughs> getting a longbow. Wow. Yeah, it was cool. Arrows were going about a hundred feet per second, though. <laughs> hundred feet a second, yeah. geez. All other bows and arrows, including electronic arrow tracking systems. So if you have the breadcrumb on your arrow, you got to take it off because it's illegal. I seen that at the ATA show that tracking. That that breadcrumb. Yeah, and then they give you like the antenna thing. <laughs> Some high tech stuff. Wicked. It's wicked. Any mechanical device capable of maintaining a drawn or partially drawn position on a bow is illegal, except for hunters using a crossbow. Shotgun, twenty gauge to ten gauge, no four ten or no twenty eight. Yeah, I seen that on a different state. Someone shot one with a four ten on Facebook, and I didn't even know you could do that. But Not they're using in that, Illinois. that that alphabet load. <laughs> yep. So yeah. I guess I guess like people. That's one thing I wish we could have someone on here that's would know. But they're shooting them with like eights and nines. Yeah, that blows my mind. Dude, I've never how, even heard of that. I mean, how many BBs are in a, a I don't nine know, load? But I understand. He, I was talking to Justin. He said like a sixty-five yard shot's like doable all day. <sighs> I'm like, what? Well, see, I was just telling people the other day at work. I mean. We're getting we're getting loads now to where you can shoot you know sixty yards and feel comfortable about it, but you, I mean I don't know if people are shooting them in the bodies at that point. I mean that if you're shooting a turkey in the body, I mean you're not going to be able to eat it, yeah, or know. eat that side at least. I don't know. So, I mean I'm I'm headshot all day. That's what I'm doing. Um, overall minimum length is twenty six inches. Minimum barrel length is eighteen. Number four shot is the largest, and number seven and a half is the smallest that may be legally used or possessed. Okay, seven so we and can't a half. even use those. We up can't here. even use eight or nine. No, I was that's good info because I was digging through like I got a bag when I did my reload guy. The, I did a little trading, mm-hmm. and it just had like turkey, you know, turkey loads on it. You know, so I was digging through them yesterday. And there's a bunch of double lot buck in there, <laughs> so oh I had to pull all of them out. I'm like, okay, this one's good, this one's good, and I had to put all the double lot buck. Could you imagine expecting to shoot a uh, six shot turkey load and you get double oh, buck man, in there? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm all about doing stuff legal. That's why I was like, I need to go through here, and then I found like three or four, three and a halfs, and the rest are threes. But now, does that count like steel shot and all that out? Or well, it depends. Steel shots are it, only on certain areas. On this weapon column here, it does not specify. I, mean, I think that's I for think only be, migrating birds, like geese and yeah, geese, yeah. Ducks, ducks. I know in the geese it gets into the. Bit, well, I knew it came into the ge- the geese play and stuff right, like that. It right. says like, you read signs right at yep. Bass Pro. Anywhere you can go buy bird shot that you yeah. cannot hunt them with like a steel shot. Yeah, or, here it does not specify in the weapon <clears throat> column while it's talking about the shot that can no be lead used. in their water. Right. Um, baiting, use of live or electric. Electronic turkey decoys, recorder calls, dogs, or bait is illegal. One male turkey or a gobbler, or one hen with a visible beard per permit with a maximum of three permits. Once you have your limit, you may not further participate with any weapon. How many birds? Any turkey hunting party. You can get three permits. Three permits, so you can get three birds. You can get three birds. But you can only shoot a hen if it has a visible beard. Yeah. And I have seen one. Yeah. Which I don't this know. This is how good that, info. I'm, I'm, I'm learning. I don't, I don't know, know if anybody happens. else is learning on here, but well, I'm learning. I'm, I'm learning. <laughs> I need to read this stuff. Uh, I'm just going to. I don't know if I should go over all the dates because I'm 
kind of running up against time, and I want to get a nice turkey story in here. Okay, let's get a turkey story. Enough with the details. <laughs> I'm all about telling stories. I'm just going to read because it's bo- it's in bold. It oh, is boy. illegal. That's the title. It is illegal for any person to hunt wild turkey without possessing a wild turkey hunting permit. For any reason to have in their possession while in the field during wild turkey season, any turkey permit issued to another person. It is also illegal to buy, sell, or offer to buy or sell wild turkeys or any part thereof, including their nests or eggs. Hmm. So no no incubation or anything like that? Nope. No hatching out? Nope. nope. So those are the kind of things I wanted to highlight. Uh, you know, just like Cody was saying, a couple of things there just kind of jump off the page at us. Uh, you know, it, it's actually giving a time for a bird in the roost. Um, it's giving you a Yeah, a that's shot. something I did not know. You could shoot a bird from the roost. Yeah. I just thought yeah. that was like something you didn't do. That's cool. So I way mean, to bring up way to bring the info, man. I know I I brought it. So yeah. where's this kick-ass turkey story? I'm, well, I mean, I wouldn't say it's kick-ass, but I mean, it, it's a turkey story. I'm gonna. Do I, I got time for one, or how how we kind of close? Yeah, yeah. You can go ahead and tell okay, one real quick. All right. So I'm driving back from Missouri. Okay. So you know, this was be- when I was single. You know, <laughs> or not? <laughs> oh no, I wasn't single. I was just before kids. Okay, I was before kids. So. You know, we probably went, I got back late, and then we probably went out, you know. So, I, I, my, I'm waking up late. You know, I'm real late. You know, I'm <laughs> I'm sun up driving out there, you know. This is oh, with Nick man. Brown, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Old Nicky B. So, this this is, we're going out there. Nick's texting me, where you at, man, where you at? They're gobbling, they're hammering. I'm is like, he, are you, is he, are you his ride? No, no they no. were meeting up he, at Nicky B's at house. Lease. Oh. So, man. he's out there like, man, turkeys are hammering out here, you know. He's like, out there calling them. He's like, they're every, they're all over. I'm like, okay, I'm coming, I'm coming. So I get there, you know, and I'm hurrying, get my camo on, I get my gun, you know, throw some shells in it. Here we go. I'm walking out there. I get to where I think the birds are from the gobbles, and they fly down. And I'm standing in three inches of grass. I mean, that's how, that's how much cover I got. So I'm like, they're looking right at me. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to move. They start working away. I'm like, I'm just going to lay down right here. So I just go prone out on the grass, right? And Nikki B gets behind me, and he hits some calls, and they gobble, and they're coming right back, you know. And there's three of them; they're all by themselves. So here steps out the the first one, eight ten yards, big old beard on him, and he steps out. I'm like, click. I'm like, what the? Didn't have a gun. I put him <laughs> in my gun, but I didn't. It's a pump. I didn't jack it and put you know jack it and put it in. So I'm like. I look at Nick. I'm like, what the hell just happened? You know, and he's like, he's giving me like the shh sign because he can see some more birds coming. So this one like works off, you know, and I'm like, all right. So I jack a shell in. I lay back down. And the first head that I see that comes at this point, I'm like, the first red head that I see that I know is a, a gobbler, I'm smoking. So one clears the, the brush like five yards from me. And I just smoke him, roll him. It's about a 12-pound Jake. <laughs> smoked him. <laughs> I That's smoked great. him, dude. That is but, great. yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a good good story. But, yeah, I, so I messed up on a really nice bird, and I wasn't going to mess up on this one. There's two of them, and I, didn't, I knew that they, you know, I knew that there was a gobbler. They were both gobbling coming in. So I was like, when one clears a bush and I can get it, and he was right on top of me, man. So, and I'm laying down prone, and I just pulled the trigger, got up there. 
you know, it was a Jake, but hey, <laughs> he ate good. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, that was my story. Moving on. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll go into a story here. So Jeff and I were going down to our piece, and um, I've kind of observed this spot for a couple years, and, you know, I'm just like, you know, somebody's got to get up in there. So I go up in there, and it's just at the bottom of this hillside of the cornfield. Cornfield is just a big hill, basically. And um, the woods are running east and west, and then it's got this middle piece that runs north and south, and it just kind of all wraps around together. So I'm just kind of where it wraps around on the piece that runs east and west. And these birds like to fly down in the cornfield and, and just eat on the hillside. I don't know why... But, I mean, they're obviously roosting a lot in the middle, and, and we hear a lot of gobbling most of the time in the middle, and then these birds just fly down right on the hillside. So, this... So Jeff, Jeff, the dude you eat ribs with? <laughs> he, said, he said it was coming in in a podcast. Right? Yeah. yeah, I eat ribs with this dude. So... <laughs> I just ruined the story. I'm sorry. Oh, it's good. Um, so I'm at the bottom of the hillside, right on the wood line, and uh, I get set up in there. Jeff Jeff says, all right, I'm going down to Josh's deer stand, which is a really good spot. But he doesn't really go to where he says he's going to go. He's, he's like 100 yards. He's up on the point. Because Joshua stands back in a corner, and then the wood line comes straight out into the big field, and Jeff holds up at the point instead of going back to where Joshua's stand is actually at in the corner. And I told him where I was going. I said, "Well, I'm going to go two coves over. And I'm going to be right at the bottom of the hill, and that's where I'm going to be." I said, "We're plenty far apart." So I mean, before. I knew where Jeff actually was. I'm thinking we're going to be 300, 350 yards apart. But no, we're actually like 175, almost 200 yards apart. So probably 80 yards to my right. Got a bird gobbling in the roost. So I hit the call a couple of times and he hammers back. And then I hear Jeff hitting the call. I'm like, what the hell is he in the call for? I don't hear nothing over there. So... This bird, I see this bird fly down. He flies down probably 60 yards in the field just to my right. I mean, and it's just cracking daylight. I mean, it's, it's early. So Jeff's calling and calling and calling. So, I mean, I see this bird now. And he's just strutting. Then he kind of, he's, he's gobbling in the field a couple of times and he's responding to Jeff. So this turkey just starts kind of walking towards me. I'm like, well, this is just going to work out perfect. I said, Jeff's calling. This turkey kind of forgot that I'm even here to begin with because I only hit the call maybe three times. Jeff said, hey, there's a turkey to your left. He texts me. Hey, turkey to your left. I'm like, where? I don't see one. He said, oh, well, you will. Okay. I'm like, well, I got this one over here on the right. So Jeff's thinking that he can't hear or see this turkey that is right here that he's actually calling to. So this bird gets like 20 yards away, and I'm just waiting for it to clear the last little bit of brush, and he's just strutting, doing the circle, 
and you know, just a winding circle, and he's slowly just working his way right in front of me. So now he's like 15 yards, just finishing the circle. I said, "All right, dude, one more circle, and and you're gonna be you're gonna be done." Jeff's like, "Man, dude, he's got to be. He's coming to me, you know. That's what Jeff's thinking." And then I just light a round off. <laughs> Jeff kind of, after I shot, he kind of looked out in the field there and see me going out and picking him up and Jeff texted me and said well I guess you've seen that bird then huh <laughs> I was like yeah man I said we're we must have been on the same bird so that that was that was my that was my story nice had a ten and a half inch beard inch and just over inch and a quarter spurs nice got got him got him on the wall above the fireplace hell yeah <laughs> All right, guys, we appreciate you listening to this uh, BS, turkey talk, shed talk, um, just having fun um, episode. I uh, hope you guys enjoy. Uh, we got some some big episodes coming up that are going to be strictly knowledge, note takers, you know, and we, we got we got some awesome stuff happening, some, some big names, surprisingly, but we're not going to throw it out there yet, so, but uh, as always... We love you. Thanks for listening. Keep hitting that play button. White Tail Legacy out.